I realized that I think God put me on this earth to help people create and help remove obstacles to help them be more creative. And when I thought about my purpose in life in that context, helping creatives become their best selves, that changed my entire view of what nonstop printing was about. Hey, welcome to My Company Story. I'm your host, Don Burge. My Company Story is a podcast where I get to interview some of the most interesting business owners and CEOs about the challenges that they've faced and how they've overcome them. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm here with Lehman Chan. Lehman is the owner and CEO of Nonstop Printing. Lehman, welcome to My Company Story. Thanks so much, Don. Glad to be here. Lehman, let me uh, read a little bit about what you told me about nonstop. I'm going to tell the audience this, and then I'll have you tell in your own words what it is. But nonstop printing is on a mission to help creatives design more fearlessly and for businesses to only make what they need with no minimums while providing high-quality print. So, Lehman, did I get that right? Or what? you want to expand a little bit more about what that means with your printing operation? Yeah. So what I found with printers is that most printers love to print a lot. They like to print high, high quantity um, because that's what makes most sense for uh, their particular business. For us, we've invested in a lot of short quantity uh, uh, technology. That way we could print even just one fancy book, for example, or one beautiful print. Um, we could print 200 wedding invitations. Now, that's not easy to do while maintaining high quality, but we've invested in technology from all across the world to try to make that happen. Um, I believe there's a lot of need for designers to have the ability to prototype more easily and to make more relevant and engaging content through personalization. So, Lehman, tell, tell the audience a little bit first, though, about what you guys do. You're a printing company, but describe what in the printing world, what's your niche and who are your customers that, you, uh, that find you to be of great service? Yeah, our tagline, I like to say, is we make print that makes you stop. Right. So there's a lot of print out there like flyers and postcards where it might not be the best person to do those massive quantity projects with. We work with a lot of people like wedding invitation companies, like real estate, like uh, production companies that make presentations in person. They need the collateral that they have to clearly illustrate their capabilities. And print is involved because they want that collateral to look beautiful and it needs to be done correct the first time and done on time. That's great. So tell us a little bit, where are you located? How many employees? Tell, give us a little description. If we were to walk into your facility, what would we see? You would see first a beautiful counter, wood floors. Um, you'd see tons of samples of books and postcards and, and some, uh, um, some cartons. You would see about pre-COVID, you would see about five people at their computers saying hi to you really warmly. Um, you'd be able to pick up some samples and talk about your project. We like to see ourselves as consultants. Um, and what I mean by that is we typically take a client's idea that's typically not even hashed out yet. And they come to us and say, hey, this is what I want to do. Can you guys get it done? And we come up with a plan together to make their, their vision a reality. Great. So you really work closely with your clients. And those clients, I imagine, are graphic designers who have clients of their own. Maybe they work for a large um, entertainment company or they're a freelancing or whatnot, but they work with you to, to envision that dream and you do that together. Is that correct? Yeah. Craft designers tend to love us because print is not easy. Um, you know, we, we strive to demystify print and because we have so many capabilities um, in so many different technologies, 
we're able to take um, a big massive industry or a big set of ideas and dial it into one or two concepts to make their project look the best. And for graphic designers, they, they love that. So we really help them with that and make them look really proficient in print so that, um, they could win their jobs as well. That's great, Lim. And tell us a little bit, how did you personally get into this industry? There aren't very many young people. I know I, I interviewed uh, Lou Caron, the uh, uh, Trade Association President for Printing Industry Association. He mentioned that the average age of all employees, not just the owners, the average age was over 45 uh, or 50 years old, I believe. And, and uh, tell us, you're a young man. How did you happen to get into this industry? I got in very selfishly, to be honest. <laughs> so... Um, at first, I had been work. I went to UCLA, uh, studied econ, and right after that, I went to Frito Lay. Um, before I went to Frito Lay, though, I actually did a cool internship painting houses. So I literally knocked on thousands of doors. Over the summer, I earned about $100,000 of business, pocketed $25,000. So I got to run my own business while at UCLA. That experience got me the job at Frito Lay, where I got to manage um, about 25 to 30 people in the potato chip part of Frito-Lay, making Lay's, um, Ruffles, you know, flaming Hot, Lay's, you know, all those delicious chips. And um, I like that job, but um, I wanted to move back to LA. At that time, that position was in Bakersfield. I had just gotten married and wanted to move back to LA, so I had to look for another job. My parents started Nonstop Printing in 1993. And um, they've had it the whole time. They never pressured me to get into the business, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, but when I was starting to go think about moving back to LA, their business was, was there. Um, because I learned how to run a small business during college, I thought I could make a ton of money by just taking over their business. I thought I would solve it really quickly, <laughs> start running nonstop, figure that out real fast, and then start opening other businesses. So I wanted to be kind of like Elon Musk, right? where you just have all these businesses and you're successful in all of them somehow. Um, so that's how I got in, right? Um, obviously, as soon as I got in, I realized how far I had to go, how far I had to learn and also adjust to um, their culture, you know, and what, what they created. So, so Lehman, um, ever since then. Tell us, tell us more a little bit about that then, about what, what was that adjustment like going from Frito-Lay, a large uh, corporation managing people with lots of resources and then working for your parents then how, what was that like i mean tell us about that transition that you had to go through it was a very tough one i had worked with my parents a little bit um, when i was younger i was a delivery driver for a summer or two i had done some of the filing in the back um, uh, when we were little kids um, we had a fold like little cards thousands of them at home you know so we were very involved with the business um, but when I first got into it, they treated me as if um, I felt like I was still a little kid, like I was still high school Lehman. And that was really tough. For example, uh, when I first got in, some of the first things they had me do was um, customer service, obviously, but they also had me uh, be the delivery driver. <laughs> Whenever there was a project, they'd want me to come by, grab the product and take it around the city. Working in LA, that's very tough because one delivery could take one hour. So there would be some days where all I'm doing is driving around and they paid me a decent amount. For example, when I first got in, um, uh, I was making about $50,000. So I was a $50,000 delivery driver, right? And I think it was because they didn't know exactly what to do with me, right? So they just 
I just filled in the gaps very much like my dad did. Um, to this day, or I guess pre-COVID, my dad still likes to take out the trash. He still likes to <laughs> cut the business cards in the back, right? So he's very much like a hands-on guy, very humble, very hardworking. But when it comes to optimizing your business around that, that's, that becomes very difficult. And I was very frustrated with that. So do, do both your parents still work in the company today? Yeah, so we're in a u- unique position where I, because of COVID, I've been able to kick them out. <laughs> <laughs> so they're happily retired and um, only in the last two years have they been comfortable. They've seen the way I've grown and, and matured. My dad likes to joke that I'm very immature, immature, and um, only now does he feel like I'm growing up a little bit. <laughs> so it's, um, I think finally now with, with a lot of the transitions I've made and transitions in mentality, they're more comfortable with me taking the business. I think mostly because they understand that um, I'm not maybe as selfish as I used to be. You know, so how much, see. how much time did that take them? And for you to, when you first came back and left Free to Lay, you came and knocked on your parents' door nonstop training and said, hey guys, I'd love to work over here. How much time did it take for them to really see that you are, are worthy of, of carrying on and, and really leading the company as you are today? Yeah, so I started in 2011. It is... 2020 now. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was more about um, a shift in mindset. So I worked very hard from 2011 to um, I think maybe 2018. But when I hit 30, um, I just told them that I didn't really want to do this anymore. You know, and that obviously will shake anyone's confidence when it comes to running a business. Why would they ever want to transition something to me? Um, when I felt so disgruntled about the business, right? Printing is a very difficult industry. I came in when it wasn't cool. To answer your question, the reason why there's not a lot of people my age is because no one wanted to be in print when I got into it in 2011. Right now, actually in 2020, people are starting to get back into it, right? So you're actually starting to see younger people than me get into it. But I think this 33-year-old range, there's very few people that have entered the business, especially in terms of a management position. And why is that? Because it's, it's so because it's so difficult, or because it's just not sexy, or it's not new, or why do you think that is? When I got into it, print that was when printers were fighting the conversation that print is dead, right? The web in 2011 was hitting its peak, right? Peak as in um, attention and the cool factor. 2011 was pretty high up there, right? No, all graphic designers were not investing in print design; they're in, investing in web design, right? So right now there's a shortage of graphic designers even that have print experience. Part of why we're good at nonstop is because we actually teach graphic designers how to print well. You know, and that's because again, everyone abandoned the print industry starting around when I came in it. So it was very uncool. Print was dead in terms of the, the mentality amongst like friends. Everyone thought I was crazy. No one thought it was a good idea for me to enter the business. So now do you see that those same graphic designers are revisiting print and saying, you know what, uh, I'm not going to do everything on the web. I'm going to do some things printed and, and there's a resurgence now in demand for it. Or what, what, are you, what trends are you seeing out there? Yeah. So one thing with nonstop is we target low quantity, high quality print because we think that's the direction of the industry. We think quantities will continue to get lower, but people, when they do print, they want it to be printed nicely, Right. So there are a lot more graphic designers that we work with that used to be web only. Social media companies even are starting to print books. And then when they, when they print with us, I can't tell you how excited they are to see their book finally printed that they worked on for months, right? 
Um, I didn't used to have those conversations in the past, right? Before it was, you know, I, I can't even tell you what it was before. It was, it was, it was kind of um, all the same. But now we're seeing a lot of companies come in, invest in print, and leave completely excited and energized about having a book about their their products, right? So it's it's definitely changing. That's fantastic. So so it sounds like you're fairly optimistic about your uh, the industry and especially with non-stops position in the industry and on where you can go and where the where the market will take you. Yeah, I think the internet has been good, right? Obviously it's changed our industry and it's been very difficult overall. Um, but from what I've seen, I think the internet um, is going to be transitioned into manufacturing, right? So I think all the, the gains that we've gotten in, in Facebook and social media and this idea of personalization through digital media has already hit its peak. It can't get that much more personalized, right? And in fact, most of us are burnt out with it, but I think there's this level of personalization and uniqueness and feeling special that now is going to enter into not only print, but anything physical. It makes sense. Then let, let's transition a little bit if we can into the challenges that you faced, uh, especially the challenges of perhaps working with your parents and, and moving through that transition. Um, I know also we talked a little bit about, or you mentioned about mindset of running a business too. Do you want to talk about one of those two things with the challenges with, uh, that you faced as a young 33-year-old uh, uh, entrepreneur in, in this business, in this industry? Yeah, I, I think with, with parents, the main thing is learning how to change the culture while respecting the culture. Um, I was very frustrated with nonstop at that point in time because when I came in, Obviously, everyone that was at nonstop was not an employee that I hired, right? And I loved all of them. A lot of them saw me grow up within the family, right? So it put me in a very difficult situation with how to change a lot of the systems or how to create systems in the first place to help the company scale. Our company grew um, for the first six, seven years that I was there, about 10% each year. So I will say we, we, I saw a lot of success immediately once I was there. Um, but I actually think I could have grown much faster if, for example, I infiltrated my culture into the company sooner. Um, but Don, I don't have good answers to say how to do that. <laughs> right? Because, well, tell, yeah. us, tell us a little bit, Lehman, about what your cultures are now. I mean, who, what, who, who is Lehman Chang and how does he uh, uh, embody nonstop printing? I mean, tell us a little bit more about that, uh, that relationship. Yeah, so the values that I would say my parents had before, to answer that real quick, I went from a, a value center of feeling professional and feeling corporate um, with nonstop. And uh, what they valued in, out of employees more than anything was 100% loyal loyalty. So for example, if someone wasn't performing in the company, but they really liked working at nonstop printing, they would value that person over someone that might have had more disagreements with them but we're better performers, right? Loyalty was number one, looking professional and looking massive um, in terms of uh, the identity was the top priority. And it's, I'm sure that's how they got a lot of their business, right? Um, um, what my values ended up being, uh, and they're still developing and I would still say I'm a baby in this, is I really value transparency, number one. Um, when, for example, when people come to nonstop and they have a project, I will tell them immediately what I think we're good at. For example, if you want a soft touch book with spot gloss, perfect bound, I'm gonna say, I think we're the best in the world. 
you know, and be pretty confident in that. But if they ask for something that's engraved, <laughs> right, Don? I'm going to say much respect to the engravers. I have no idea how to do that. We would not be a good choice. You should go and see, uh, you know, uh, you know, some letterpress company, right? Or some engraving company. Right. Don't, don't see me anymore, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Because we're not good at everything. So I, I value that highly. And as soon as I'm so blatantly transparent about those things, um, I find that companies will still actually want to work with me because I'm so forward about it. Right. They'll actually want to work with me because they know that I will give them all the risks. Right. If I see risks within a project or if they design things a certain way, I will straight up tell a client that, hey, when we print that, that's going to look horrible. So I advise this. And if you need to go to a print company that's really good at those solid halftones, <laughs> you should go to this company. They have right. the equipment that you need to execute this vision. But if you want to work with me, it's this design's not going to work. Right. In other words, they'll get the honest truth from you. They may not be what they want to hear, but they'll get the truth. Exactly. And at the end of the day, that's what's going to pay off and, and help you guys out quite a bit. Yeah. Neiman, tell, tell us a little bit about, I mean, did you try to uh, sell the company at some point in time? And what did that look like or what happened there? Yeah. So when I hit 30, um, I just became very jaded with the business. Um, I, I felt like I worked really hard. Again, I told you we had 10% growth each year. But even though we had 10% growth, I didn't feel like my income was increasing. I felt like we were just constant in this cycle of, of non-growth. And I would also see all this news about the print being dead, right? I'd, I'd, I'd really question my own identity. I see my friends that went to UCLA um, that were getting jobs at big companies and they were climbing the corporate ladder and they're getting nice homes, right? And I saw myself and I was like, you know what? Like, should I continue to try hard in this business or should I just get a, a normal job, right? Should I join the corporate workforce, go back to a place like Frito-Lay where I probably would have been making more? So I went through a lot of the, that identity crisis. Um, so we actually tried to sell the company and we even went to a company that specializes in selling and we paid a lot of money to do that. Um, um, going through that process where they talked about our business and they gave us a valuation. Um, for example, I'll be really transparent with the numbers. For example, a $2 million company. We are a $2 million company um, annually, yet the business on the high end was only worth about $700,000. Wow. Right? And that is really disappointing. I was glad that we found that number because for me, that wasn't surprising at all um, because of my negative thoughts about the business and how hard it was. And if you take the owner away, the business is worth nothing, right? Because you don't have the systems. You know, the business was us, right? It's the owners. Um, that was a big um, lightning bolt for me. So what, did, that, what yeah. did you learn from that exercise? Then? Because that's quite common. So many owners think that their business is worth so much more than it really is. And when they realize that they may be in their sixties and there's not much you can do about it at that time. But what did you learn about it and how did it change you learning that when you're 30? Yeah. Right. So ironically, you would think that if once I heard that, I'd be like, okay, we need to sell this right now so I can go to something else because this business is going to crash and burn, right? That wouldn't be unusual <laughs> to think that. You're right. Yep. Yeah, like that's, that should have been my logical thought pattern, right? Um, but in some ways, it was really helpful for me, to see, for me to see that because it made me have to decide if I'm going to stay in this business, I have to be in it for the right reasons. I, w I cannot stay in this business expecting that I'm going to get to, you know, 
you know, making $250,000 a year, some exorbitant amount of money, right? Um, I'm going to have to stay in this business because I love it. And at that point, I did not love it, right? This was a job that got me uh, my money. I love business, but I didn't love print, you know? So it made me look deep into saying, okay, am I going to exit because my heart's not into this? Or am I going to figure out a way to get my heart into it? So those are the decisions that I had. And, my and, parents, and, it was refreshing. And, and then what did you, what was that decision then? Yeah. So for me, I look deep. So I'm a man of faith. Um, I became Christian at UCLA, actually. So I, I got to make a decision about following God at that point. Right. And I saw this very much like that, where I can make a decision to love print and to love my customers. Right. Um, I, what I realized when I looked deep was that I just had to accept the lot I had in my life. Right. So for example, everyone has different gifts. This business is here. This is mine right now. Do I want to accept this gift? And I decided through faith that I am going to accept this gift and I'm going to put my whole heart into it. Right. So what kept me in it was that I did enjoy certain aspects of it. What I enjoyed the most was helping clients get to the next level. Right. So for example, if um, there's a person that had a calendar company and nothing got me more excited than when I saw that person's sales rise because of the product that we helped them create. Right. And I realized that I think God put me on this earth to help people create and help remove obstacles to help them be more creative. And when I thought about my purpose in life in that context of helping creatives become their best selves, that changed my entire view of what nonstop printing was about. So instead yep. of printing flyers, I am partnering with individuals and businesses to help spread their message and to help create new things. That's a and wonderful, that's a wonderful was, mindset to take, Layman. I mean, I can see where you're, you did, you did really make that transition from thinking of yourself as just uh, producing a product, a generic product, to really creating something uh, with your customers and making a beautiful piece and really embracing where you are with that and, and running forward with it. So that's well said. Exactly. Well, fantastic. Well, I, I want to thank you so much for being on this show. Uh, before we part, if anyone wanted to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? I am very active on Instagram, actually. Um, um, I believe Instagram is a great place for creatives to be um, and for businesses to be to, to, to share what they're making. So definitely hit us up at Nonstop Printing LA. Um, you could also email us at info at nonstopprinting.com if you have an order or go to our website and uh, place an order from there. But whenever you email, just make sure you say, hey, I want to speak to Lehman. Right? And Great. I'll, I'll try to get on the phone with you. All right, Lehman. Well, thanks so much. I'm sure your phone's going to be ringing off the hook after this. Thanks so much for being on the show. <laughs> thanks so much, Don. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to My Company Story. We have new episodes coming out every week, so please subscribe if you like this. And if you'd like to hear previous episodes, you can go to mycompanystory.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you or someone you know would be interested in coming on the show, please email me at don at Thanks for listening.